2: Yes, yes, Jackson, let's get right into this balloon party, 101 ESPN, driven by Monganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Watch us. YouTube, Air Alliance, team cameras, text in air comfort service, text line 314-399-9646. I need more than an hour today, so I got to maximize the hour that I got. I got two things going on here, and the audience needs to know about these things. It turns out, and I just discovered this at the tail end of TMA, which we just completed 90 seconds ago. Uh, You can watch that at youtube.com slash TMA STL. But, uh, Jackson, you are still despondent over Missouri's loss. I didn't realize that was the case. Yeah, mostly still pretty upset. And Jeremy Rutherford's with us every Monday at 1045, so I'm looking forward to talking it over with him. I imagine I'll be probably the one carrying most of the... The weight on that interview.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm just not on my game. But in a stunning revelation,
2: you said you were at the Blues game on Saturday?
0: I was, yes. Blues and Blackhawks. No Connor Bedard. What up with that?
2: (laughs) What were you doing there? (laughs) So, did did somebody misprint your bragging rights tickets? Right, right,
0: right. Yeah. I thought, I thought, uh, the Grizzlies were in town. Um, no, we have someone, the sales staff here. I'm not gonna like, give out her name, but she has a lovely uh, little suite that she gets from time to time for Blues games. It's a beautiful suite at the Enterprise Center, and some tickets were up for grabs. And snatch grabs, ca- snatch grabs. And Carly is a close friend of mine who works uh, promote our uh, traffic and cuts, produces commercials. She's great. She's a close friend of mine. She said, "Hey, it's gonna be the Blues game Saturday. If you're not doing anything, you should come. It's gonna be fun. People from work will be there." And so I was like, "Okay." I like that. That sounds fine. I'm not doing anything else Saturday. Hopefully celebrating Missouri victory wasn't the victory, but I went to the Blues game. Wow.
2: I have a lot of follow-ups. But now is not the time for those follow-ups. <laughs> uh, all right, tell me about you being despondent. Let's workshop this, because I know the texters in the YouTube chat want to support you and help you get through it, so send those in, 314-399-9646. Uh, or get into uh, YouTube.com uh, and it's uh, the 101 ESPN page and see what's doing.
0: Yeah, despondent as all get out. Like, let's true. workshop it,
2: baby. Let's like, workshop it.
0: True sadness. Like, like I, I was really upset. Like, I didn't want to look at social media. I didn't want to hear people. Well, I think that's
2: a, I think that's a positive step.
0: Yeah, it's it was the best thing for mental health. The last thing I wanted to see is like the guy who's who never like care about anything in their life because it makes it easier when they get let down, be like, oh, Mizzou's going to Mizzou. Like, that is so, it's so devoid of any critical thought, but regardless of that, like, I just, I, I, the opportunity was so there, like, so there, and to squander it like they did, um, it really frustrated. I mean, it's not like all oh, of Mizzou LSU played a great football game offensively, but it, it was so there, up 22-7 the first, like, things are working, Brady Cook is looking like an absolute stud, uh, defense in the first quarter got a couple stops. Like, I was like, okay, like maybe this is feasible. And then, you know, more hope going into the rest of the year. Instead, what happened is what happened. Uh, Missouri had a huge third and uh, second and one penalty. Third and one penalty? Third You're and talking one. about the Connor Tallison snap issue snap. that
2: happened for the fourth time this yeah. season. Yeah, second and one. Uh, it was third and one because they had a pass back right, down on right, right, second Right, right, one. right,
0: right. Third and one great opportunity to run it or if you pass it it's four down territory anyway so you can get that one yard and stay. It becomes third and six. Obviously what happens with the, the fumble and now you're at fourth and 32. I don't even care what you want to say about the punt or not. Regardless like you had an opportunity there and you didn't capitalize on it in front of a huge packed out stadium with a ton of recruits across multiple sports there. It just feel, really felt like an opportunity squandered and those opportunities
2: don't come around a lot in Columbia, Missouri. Okay. This is good. This is healthy. I like this conversation. Mm -hmm. I share almost all of your thoughts, as a matter of fact. Um, I think one of the ways that hardcore Missouri fans cope with the disappointment that is like an old friend that Mm -hmm. you see so regularly, Mm -hmm. but yet not all the time, is by saying, oh, well, you know, progress. And who would have thought? that they would be in a spot to beat LSU. But that's the issue, is you don't get these opportunities all that often. Mm -hmm. In order for you to have a moment like what you had on Saturday at Fro Field, you have to be successful. If Missouri was 2-3 and going into that game, you know, there'd be 45,000 people there going, oh, it'd be nice if they could stick around. Oh, wow, they stuck around. How great is that? Watch this. I want you to watch this because you're not going to you're going to think you're with Daniel Day-Lewis. And in Van, two, one. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Wow. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. Wow. That's what you've earned here tonight. Wow. You know what that's from? Miracle? That's damn right. And that's a hockey movie. It is ice hockey. Thank you. Well, you earned it. Now, you earned it in part because you were playing a bunch of slap asses for the, sure. for the most part, minus Kansas State, who then got their asses slapped on Friday night in Stillwater. Yeah, that's rough. So then that makes you go, oh, I don't know that. Oklahoma State sucks. But you're up 22 to 7.
0: Yeah.
2: You're up 22 to 7. And so to go, well, you know, they, they stuck around, and who would have thought? Eh. No. Are we out here to win championships? Or are we out here to pat each other on the ass? Because if you want to pat each other on the ass, I'll meet you in the second stall. I will. Yeah. Uh, the first break. I'll do it. Yeah. So you got to convert when you have opportunities, and it's one thing to get beat; it's another thing to beat yourself. Yep. And unfortunately, Missouri beat itself. As well as these things can be true, they went up against a guy. I can't imagine there are many better players in college football than Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he's on a short list. Holy crap! Yeah, he's outstanding. If LSU goes on to win the NFC, uh, the SEC West which I think is live. They have as good an opportunity as anybody else. They get Alabama and Baton
0: Rouge. Oh, no, that, I think that game's at Brian Denny. Is that right? I think it's November 4th and it, at well, and then
2: They have one game that's on the road the rest of the way. Brian Brian Kelly, while bitching that the Missouri game was, a home, was Missouri's homecoming, which it wasn't, and he did that twice, also was complaining about how many road games they had to start the season. At Alabama. At Alabama. All right, the, the rest of LSU's games are at home, right. it, which is really a unique set of circumstances. Either way, Brian Kelly uh, was complaining about how many road games they had and complaining that Missouri scheduled them for homecoming. And One of be which cold. It was just fact. Yeah, and it was going to be cold. So, whatever. Fine. He's a delight. And he <laughs> grinds on recruits, dry humping like me at prom. But either way, you have an opportunity. And take your pick of whatever thing that you'd want to point at. But yeah. You shot yourself in the foot. You were while also being beaten by a guy who can do things on the ground. Quarterback that Doug Vaughn brought this up on TMA, and I was actually thinking it on one of his runs. I go, this reminds me of Michael Vick.
0: Yeah, like, that unstoppable.
2: That unstoppable. Right. Truly unstoppable. Hope he doesn't get twenty-five yards. Hope truly to hold him to unstoppable. Yeah. So one of the things, whereas they, whereas they, they treated. The decision to punt on fourth and 32 is if it were the defining moment of that game on the broadcast. Paul Feinbaum treated it that way in his analysis of the game. And for the life of me, it's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't hit my scratch off, you know, I mean, it's, right. what did you expect to happen? Right. But with that all said, how they missed that Brady Cook went into the locker room. That was a big part of that game. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Brady Cook was the same guy that we saw in the first quarter the rest of the game. I don't know when he got hurt, but they never brought it up on the broadcast. But Gabe Yarmond, who joins us every Friday on Balloon Party and joins us on TMA every Monday, presented by James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, uh, said, yeah, he absolutely went to the locker room. But, you know, he had a torn shoulder labrum last year and they didn't tell us. And Connor Bazelak was walking around on one leg the year before and they didn't tell us. They're not going to tell us what happened. That's just the way that it works, and that's not unique to Missouri. Hell, if you follow hockey, and I know many of you do, it's standard operating procedure, upper body, lower body, that's it. We're not going to go into the details. So something I think was off with Brady Cook... Uh, the rest of the way, because the way he played in the first quarter, holy crap, I've been watching Missouri football almost all my life, and that was one of the most impressive offensive performances I had seen against a good opponent, okay, against a good opponent, these South Dakota things, I'm talking about against a good opponent who is live to win the SEC West. That was something to behold. And they got LSU to punt, too. And right. that's something right. of an accomplishment. But whether it be Connor Tolleson and that snap issue, if that's a one-off, it sucks, but it's happened four times this year. Unacceptable. Uh, For your most important defensive lineman to get kicked out because of his second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, devastating. Johnny Walker spitting on a guy to get kicked out. Unacceptable. Um, What else am I? I feel like there was another. The the drop passes by Stevens. Holy crap. One One of them looked like he swatted it away. Like he was on defense. I mean, those are things that, yes, without question. Brady Cook's progress, I can't even be... I I didn't even think this was possible for him. So I'm thrilled for him as an individual and thrilled for the program that they've got him. Uh, Luther Burden's progress. I suppose you knew it was possible just because of the acclaim he had coming out of East St. Louis. But my God, the, the guy he is now versus the guy he was. Missouri's wide receivers. Missouri's offense as a whole. But unfortunately... One of the reasons why I was so high on the team, specifically their win total for the 2023 season, was because of all the returning players and Blake Baker on defense. Thinking, well, I just hope the offense can function high enough and they have all these returning starters, so maybe they can turn something in like they did in 2007 and 2013. The offense has improved exponentially. The defense has regressed. Now, again, so much that has to do with the NFL caliber players on LSU and Jaden Daniels. want to reemphasize that. But the reason Eli Drinkwitz went for it on 4th and 32 is because he knew just as well as everybody else knew that you kick the ball to LSU, 99% of the time, you're not going to touch it again unless they fumble it or on the one out of 100 chance, you stop them. And so that's what wound up happening. But it's not results oriented. You got to go for it on 4th and th- I, I The life of me, I don't know why that, the play they called on 4th and 32, I'd like to litigate that. But either way, you're not going to get that. It, you're, in, you're in a miracle right. spot at that point the thing that's disappointing is I think they should have won that game and you don't get those opportunities and you get South Carolina in 12 days and you'll get Tennessee in a month and you'll get Florida in a month and change but none of those games most likely will carry the weight of this one's opportunity. I think Kentucky maybe, I don't know, and I know it sounds ridiculous to say this two days after you saw Jaden Daniels do what he did in Columbia and two days after kentucky got absolutely waxed by georgia i think there's a chance kentucky is a better overall team than lsu but if missouri beats lsu as opposed to beating kentucky the lsu game is the game that puts them more on the map with college football fans around the country because kentucky is not a blue blood lsu is and the opportunity was there and while Jaden daniels certainly played a role in beating them Missouri played a role in beating itself, and that's the part why I also am very disappointed still 48 hours later. With that said, as Gabe said on TMA this morning and as he wrote on Power Mizzou, everything's still in front of them. Sure, They still control their own destiny. Yeah. They truly do. Uh, and he said they could win all six games. I agree with that. I know that sounds ridiculous because everybody would automatically say they can't win in Athens, but South Carolina was up 14-3 to 3 in Athens at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to look at the body of work, and I realized the prisoner at the moment go, oh, my God, Georgia's unbeatable. 36, 48 hours ago, people were thinking Georgia could lose to Kentucky. So... Things strange can happen. Uh, and at the same time, I think they could lose any of the six games. So it cuts both ways. Right. Uh, but I understand. I, hey, I got no problem with you being despondent. I'm down as well. Yeah, man. It's just uh, you invest so
0: much of your you know emotion into it. And that's what makes it great when they win. Like K-State, after they win, that absolute dopamine rush you get. And then it leads to sadness when they don't. Listen. You know, you're right. They absolutely still control their own destiny. One loss teams can be very, very dangerous. Having said that, this was one at home. The place was going back crap. People were fired up to be there. Recruits left and right. And this is like, this is one where it's like, that's a a statement game. And listen, you don't win it. That's fine. It's how you come out next week that defines you. If if you, if you lose this one game and then it starts a losing streak, then maybe they were playing better than they should have. But if you come back and beat Kentucky on the road, a team you've struggled with in recent years, and beat them on the road... Then you have decided that you know we're not going to let that one game define us, and that to me is important because you can't let the K State game be the highlight of the season. On well, the game night
2: game too, right? And it's Big a six thirty kick in Lexington, and uh, it's it's got a great deal of importance because if Missouri wins that game at that point, I would say it's seventy five eighty percent that they are a one loss team going into Athens. Agreed. And that game, as crazy as it sounds, could be for the SEC East. Yeah. So. Again, I, how, what percentage would I put on Missouri beating, uh, what percentage do you put on Missouri beating Georgia and Athens? Uh, 6%. Oh, nice. I'm at 5%. So we're within the realm of reason. So we'll make it clear. We're not going, yeah, I think that's going to happen. But can it happen? Of course sure. it can. You know what? I would say South Carolina has got about a 15 to 20 percent chance of beating Missouri and Columbia, Missouri. So to give you an idea of how right. the thought process works. So with that all said, your thoughts on it. 314-399-9646. Uh, lift Jackson's spirits with your text or in the YouTube chat. We have the little piddles weekend wrap up presented to you by the Angry Beaver coming your way. Jeremy Rutherford, 1045. This is Balloon Party driven by Mungan St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube
1: we're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN what a weekend it was in the world of sports it's time now for little Pinnels weekend wrap up presented by the Angry Beaver a couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium mention Pinnels for $5 off any pizza
2: Yeah, yeah 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 are you feeling better after the first segment did the text lift your spirit? No, I actually feel much worse. YouTube chat's hopping. Ty Uh, Let's see. Tommy Summers. Justin Hall. Don Wobby. Is it Wobby or Wobby? Let's go to the Wobby. What about that Wobby from Mr. Mom? 1983? I, who who starred in Mr. Mom? Michael Keaton. Nice knowledge.
0: Nice show prep ass. God. Wow, what a term! What about Martin Mull and Terry Gill? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about them. The eighties were a weird time for movies, man. I'm just gonna say it. 80s so, were Mr. Weird Mom,
2: good or bad.com. I
0: haven't seen it. I can't. I can't imagine it's very. good. I mean, good
2: or bad.com is losing credibility.
0: Yeah, we're, our blind spot is the eighties. <laughs> we have we have a, a big blind spot in the eighties, and it seemed like Hollywood had a blind spot in the eighties.
2: Wow, you're really down in these eighties films. Uh, all right, Jackson, what do we have on this weekend wrap up?
0: All right, so Angry uh, Beaver makes it possible. That's what I know about it. Yeah, damn good pizza too. Mention Piddles when you're down there; and you get five dollars off any pizza. Woot, 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 woot. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes were in a great position to get a win from a weston Stolar oh, Georgia wow. Tech Yellow Jacket. Mario Crystal Ball. Well, yeah, well, we talked about Mizzou getting out in the first segment, right. so I wanted to pivot off that just for a moment. Uh, weston Stolar Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket bunch. Don't, How- don't,
2: read, don't read it like like you're in a rush and you're you're heading out the door. Let's let's put let's put some inflection in this. No doubt. Let's um, own this let's own this Mario Cristobal decision okay. because if this were Eli Drinkwitz That's one of my questions.
0: <laughs> All right, the Miami Hurricanes were in a great position to get a win from a to little, Go 5 and 0. Oh. Yeah, 5 and 0 oh, and with the ACC the way it is, you know, Uh, Up for snatch grabs Whoever plays for a state Yeah it's wide open So they had a great opportunity They were 20 point favorites Some thought they should have been more
2: Stanford Steve
0: Stanford Steve was shocked That they were a 20 point Georgia Tech just lost to Connor Basilak In the Bowling Green Falcons Yeah fighting Falcons Right Uh, However instead of taking a knee And securing the win Mario Cristobal, uh, they uh, decided to run the ball. They fumbled. That resulted in Georgia Tech throwing a game-winning touchdown. How does something like this happen? Have you ever witnessed something like this in your sports-watching tenure? Had this happened for Missouri, would Tiger
2: Board servers have survived the traffic? Wow, so many wonderful questions. Now, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Because I know you're in the YouTube chat talking over with the whoobie? Yeah, Mr. Woobs. I feel like you're setting me up here. Oh. You know? Yeah. So you are setting me up.
0: Well, I knew about that story, and so part of that... <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what I thought. Yeah, I knew. I know about that story. The Little Rock thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This really did happen. I think the fact that I speak with this dialect <laughs> probably already put me behind the eight ball anyway when I was down there anchoring circa 99, 2000. But yes, I have seen something like it. And it really did happen. And you can look this up because I stand by what I said, too. But I didn't realize the dynamic. If somebody from the north comes down and calls somebody from the south stupid, it's a whole thing. Who knew 170 years later? We're still dealing with it. But uh, we are. So the head coach of the Baylor Bears, I remember, I think. was Kevin Steele, who I think is on Alabama's staff now. I think Lane Kiffin made reference to him going into the Ole Miss-Alabama game a couple weeks ago, that Kevin Steele's really calling the plays. I'm pretty sure that's the guy's name. Kevin Steele, football coach. Yes, what do you have? Uh, currently is the
0: defensive coordinator for the for Roll Dam Tide. Okay. And he previously worked as a defensive coordinator at Miami Auburn LSU and Clemson. Was he ever the head coach at Baylor? He was the head coach at Baylor from 1999 through 2002. I'm surprised he got to
2: stick around. <laughs> so the first game he's coaching at Baylor, which it had been a doormat, he wants to send a message. <laughs> Always a good start that the days of the Baylor Bears being a doormat are over. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I'm thinking they were playing UNLV. Either way, they've won the game. Time is running out. Kevin Steele could kneel on the ball, just like Mario Cristobal could a Saturday night in Miami. Except in this case, he was trying to score a touchdown. I don't even think it impacted the spread. Right. He just wanted to send a message. (laughs) Goodness. And on the one-yard line, his running back with, like, 10 seconds left fumbles it. I'm calling him UNLV. I'm not sure it was UNLV. Some rando school picks it up and returns it for a touchdown, and Baylor loses the game. And my punk ass at 22 (laughs) is down there not realizing the north-south dynamic. Right. And I'm and I'm hosting, like, the equivalent of what, you know, Sports Sunday, Sports Finals, Sports Plus in St. Louis, right. you know, like a half-hour sports show on Sunday nights. I'm anchoring it. Uh, 22 years old, and I'm just like, this is the stupidest play I've ever seen from a football coach. And I stand by that statement. Yeah. I truly do. Yeah. However, <laughs> in literal, apparently, like, on the talk station in Little Rock, and not even the sports talk station. Oh, wow. The news talk station. You know. I was the topic. <laughs> Completely shocking that I wasn't listening to <laughs> yeah, talk right. great news talk in Little yeah, Rock in 99. So the news anchor comes in, and he goes, boy, well, all we did was talk about you today. I like, thought about me? <laughs> the hell are you talk about me for? And he goes, everybody was really upset that you called Kevin Steele stupid. I didn't call him stupid. I said like, the play yeah, was the stupid. Play was
0: right.
2: He goes, you just, don't do, you just don't do that down here. <laughs> And I go, I, I do it down here, I do it up north, I <laughs> yeah. do it out west, I do it on the east coast. What's, right. what's the issue? Right. Apparently it's a thing. Right? Who knows? I don't know. I stand by the statement 24 years later, up until Mario Cristobal on Saturday night in Miami. He cost his team an undefeated season. Yeah, that, I mean, against a team that's like, like, Georgia Tech is like really bad. Yes. Georgia Tech is like really, what really bad. What in the world? What in the world? I, for real, I went to bed. I mean, it's just a, a pony. Right. You know, I'm 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 in bed by you know. I mean, that game couldn't have been that late. It's an Nine. East Coast game. It was done by ten thirty. All right. Well, that tells you a lot about my social <laughs> life. I'm asleep. Uh, I guess my my son had a skate at six forty five, so that 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 factored in. But either way, it doesn't change the fact that I'm in bed on a Saturday night at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about it till I woke up the next morning. I'm like the hell happened? I'm like, oh, they fumbled. That's dumb. Oh, Georgia Tech won then? And I had recalled we have a listener to TMA, wonderful gentleman by the name of Alvin Mack and he was at the Hit and Giggle where Jackson and I was on, were on on Friday. And I said to Alvin, I said, "Hey, your Hurricanes are still undefeated." And he goes, "Yes, they are." And I'm like, "Oh, Georgia Tech, they'll be 5 and 0. Right. This is going to be interesting whenever they get Clemson, Duke, Florida State, whatever." And now that's just out the window. That's and dead. all the coach had to do was kneel on it. Yep. God almighty. I don't think you can. Fi- I mean, you can fire him, of course. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you're not as. That's just so. That's so. Hole. I right. you get it. I get it. It can warrant that, but now you're hurting the program. And it's he's got the,
0: top recruiting classes. right? And he ahead. he
2: did it at Oregon. I'm a top, well. He did. He apparently ran the ball at Oregon as well to, at the end of games. They just burned him uh, this time in Miami. God, I mean, for real. Like, like, let's just for the sake of it. Especially since you're still despondent over the LSU game, and I'm not doing well either. I just don't think I'm as down as you are. Let's say Missouri was in that exact spot. Imagine how like would you have come into work today? I don't. I, I seriously. Would you still go to that blues exhibition game on Saturday night? I wouldn't have left my home. And it's not like because like I'd be
0: so I'd be scared if anyone looked at me wrong. You'd be, be scrapping. I just start. I, ah, dude,
2: that's great entertainment. Oh my uh, god, the great Bape auto detailing about
0: to. Oh my <laughs> god. if that happened to Mizzou. It was was the only thing that gave me some sort of reprieve on Saturday night was seeing that because I was like, Miami is that team that's actually like the door for them to go to the ACC championship is not only wide open. It's like uh, you could drive a truck through the door, how open it is for them to get to the ACC championship and to squander it against Georgia Tech, no less. (laughs) The way it happened, I was like... At least I'm not a Miami Hurricanes fan. (laughs) Like, at least I do not root for the Hurricanes because I would despond it when they begin to, I would need a wellness check. Like, it would be
2: ridiculous. Like, I still have, what are my three? Oh, here they are. It's like a trivia question. The three coaching moves or managerial decisions that gets me every time. And and one of them is 20 years old. Mike Martz sitting on the ball at the end of the Carolina Panthers playoff game. I think it was a defining moment in St. Louis NFL history, for real, because that team was going to the Super Bowl. By extension, St. Louis sports history. Yes, Uh, but I thought it in the moment. I remember being on the sidelines of that Rams game, uh, same turf that Missouri played on in Memphis, too. And this was 2004, January 2004, and Dre Bly was in the stands for some reason. I have no idea why, like in the front row. And I remember they were just like grinding on the clock to let it go to overtime. And I remember turning around like this, like, what are they doing? And for whatever reason, Dre Bly and I. We caught each other's eye and he just shook his head like, man, I don't know what they're doing. And then as it turns out, there's Tory Holt on the sideline arguing with Mike Martz about it. Kyle Turley, who wasn't a big fan of Martz's anyway, right. went off once he left the Rams about that. There was that. There's the 2014 NLCS where people were just playing, oh. <laughs> you know, like the traveling secretary was at second base. I mean, I don't know what Michael Walker hadn't pitched in a month. He's out there. And then uh, Missouri's, for whatever reason, not figuring out that Auburn was going to hand the ball to Trey Mason on the same play every play and allowed him to run for 325 yards in the SEC championship. There it is. There's my th- I guess I need a fourth for the Mount Rushmore. Had that happened. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, there you go. Uh,
0: it been, it I don't know been, what I would have done. I don't <laughs> know what I would have done. It would have been so... Because it's like... It's one thing, like if you fumble it when you're like trying to like it's tied and you're trying to make a real run and you fumble it accidentally, like that's okay, like. But the fact that you can, if you Knead if your quarterback one more kneel down and right, you're five and zero, oh. your quarterback just has to take the football and put his knee on the turf and <laughs> the game is over, over. Like there is no explanation. There is no plausible reason in the entire world where the ball would be handed to the running back and the fact that that not only happened, but then it cost them the game. Because it's not, you know, you fumble. It's not necessarily Georgia Tech's going to score that. But yeah, defense, Georgia Tech
2: scored with one second left on kind of a Hail Mary-ish kind of throw. Right.
0: So the second, like, everyone's at fault of that. But the fact is, they should have, the defense should have never
2: had to go back right. on the field. I, I got a sense watching that replay that some of the Georgia Tech players were a little surprised that they were running. Kind of like, oh, okay, well, let's we'll try to rip the football out. Right. That's all you, like, that's all you
0: would have to do. If I I'm the running back I'm like this is ridiculous hand me the ball and I'm just going to (laughs) fall
2: I saw Joe Burrow do that yesterday his running back was on the wrong play and Joe Burrow was already yelling at him while he was falling to the ground to get away from the Cardinals defense Uh, yes Jackson there you go compare that now see you feel better than a Miami Hurricanes fan
0: yeah that was the only thing that gave me I was just like some big school needs to lose in a bad way and make could feel better and
2: boy how they did it ever Jeremy Rutherford joining us coming up at 1045 you are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN
1: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: There's so much going on right now, isn't there?
0: The hell was that update about? Well, we got some Monday Night Football action tonight. That's not what the part well, I mean, we saw the Celtics really bolster up that team by getting Drew Holiday blockbuster move. But then, you know, you gotta get support your depth. Peyton Pritchard is, is the definition of depth.
2: You know that that to me was an attempt to further alienate our audience. That's that's how I took it. But yet, during the commercial break, I felt like you and the Grape Ape Auto Detailing bonded. We did. Well, and, and that I mean, he came at you. Yeah, he tested me. But you won his respect by knowing he was making reference in the text inbox presented by the wonderful people at Air Conference Service to the film Tombstone. Right. I would imagine Great Bape Auto Detailing is mad you're not familiar with Mr. Mom. That's fine.
0: That's fine. And I think people are taking my 80s movies takes over. There's some great movies that came out in the 80s. I'm not, I'm not denying you that. I'm just saying there were some weird choices. There were some weird choices.
2: Um, people were doing weird things. And you know what they? You had to shoot the score. Can you give us an example? You're speaking so vaguely. It feel I feel like you're like a Tavon Austin tweet.
0: Uh, the movie uh, Twins was Twins come out in the '80s. I think
2: it did. Yeah, that's a that's that's weird. That's that's weird. Um, but that was the whole premise of the film with the delightful Arnold Schwarzenegger and that cute little Danny DeVito. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just uh, they had a lot of choice. Like, just movies kind of fell apart. Like, even, like, I love Caddyshack, but that's, like, a... W- oh, no! Well, listen, let me no, Let me finish. I, oh, Bill! I love Caddyshack. Like, I love Caddyshack, and I've read multiple books about Caddyshack. But uh, for some, like, the woman, uh, Denny's girlfriend's pregnant, and then she's not, and that's all resolved in about 30
2: seconds. This is weird. This is weird. That's all I'm saying. It's like weird. Hey, hold on a second. I, for, first off, I think this is anti-Irish, and I'll talk with my I people wanna know about that. What <laughs> the, the whole role was
0: anti-Irish? You give a girl from Connecticut and tell her to do an Irish accent, and I say like, thanks for nothing.
2: <laughs> Thank you for supporting my people. I'm yeah. now with the Great Bape Auto Detailing again. It's my guy, and I support you. The other thing that's going on here, outside of Jackson attacking Caddyshack out of nowhere, is Jeremy Rutherford. Also, is passive aggressive. I think.
0: <laughs> I
2: think. Tell me what he texted you.
0: Right, and he texted me again, so it'll he, come out. It'll sound better. But uh, says Blues practice earlier than normal today. brewing might talk around ten fifty-five or eleven. Was just wondering if we can get as close as possible to ten forty-five. What's he trying to say? <laughs> That's what I said. I said, I'll "What make- are you trying to say, Jeremy <laughs> yeah. Rutherford?" And he said he might miss Ruby anyways. They're saying something, so he's like, "It's all good." But you know, I just thought it was funny. I don't know what he's trying to say. I know. He's. I guess he's. T- he's tired of cobbing all with this at ten fifty
2: three. <laughs> you said you had a quick hitter here for this little piddle's angry beaver weekend wrap up. I sure do. What Tim. is it?
0: I got one right here for you. What is your interest level in the MLB playoffs? I asked because I truly couldn't be less interested and have no intentions of watching I going hate forward. caddyshack and baseball. I love caddyshack. I love caddyshack. It's just uh, there's some plot holes and for some reason character like uh, the guy Denunzio is wearing like a blouse while golfing weird (laughs) and how would that swing compete with Denny who has the only good swing in the movie. Like, yeah, that one that one came down to 18. Regardless. Late, Jeremy, it's not my fault. <laughs> Where are you on the MLB playoffs? Do you feel this way for other
2: playoffs when your team is out of it? God, this, you know this isn't a quick hitter for me. This is I'm like the only guy who talks <laughs> about this, too. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm the only guy in town <laughs> who has the balls oh. to tell you what no one else will tell you. Me, this sounds
1: soft!
2: It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm just irritated by the baseball playoffs because it's made the regular season like the college basketball regular season. All due respect, that's not me subtweeting you. No, I know. Like what Jeremy Rutherford's uh, yeah, doing. right. Bingo. Okay, so here's what we got going. The, the Blue Jays, Rays, Orioles, toughest division in baseball. Two of them are dead. One's a game from being dead. And they're going to play a grand total <laughs> of seven games the regular season goes for 162 games. It just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the NCAA tournament now. And I, I, all the home teams are down minus the Astros who are one, one heading back to Minnesota. Yeah. And I'm telling you that the, the reward for winning the division is to sit out for a week and it doesn't work. It doesn't work in baseball. Andy Van Slyke, I remember him telling me, he goes, the 2006 Tigers, which we was the first base coach for, he goes, we were dead because we sat out for a week. Maglio Ordonez had a home run to send him to the World Series. I think that's what it was. In 06. 06. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, against the Athletics. Against the A's. And the Cardinals had to grind for seven against the Mets. Yep. In baseball, for whatever reason... A week off isn't a good thing. I know it sounds crazy. It might feel good, but you just you need that. And then what about the All Star break? Everybody's off. Right, it's a different deal. So they got a bad thing going on here with the setup of the MLB playoffs. Are they going to change it? No, because the more teams in, the more money, and the more cities still interested. I guess. But it's effed up, man, and that was my fear going into this setup, and I would like to see them go back to the way of, of personally, just two divisions, but I know that's absolutely not happening, but three division winners and one wild card. That's what I would like, because last year you had the five and six seeds in the National League, and this year God only knows what the hell you're going to have happen. The Rangers and Diamondbacks in the World Series, you know, I don't know, Jackson, you want me to break or you're just staring at me because you can't believe that I'm this handsome. I can't figure out what's going on.
0: Both can be true at the same time, right. but, but also uh, it's just looking at the. I, I love Caddyshack. I want that to be known. Like I love, I could literally like quote the entire William movie a Twitter
2: apology. I'm a radio will be issuing a statement later today. I could
0: literally quote the Humber entire letterhead. movie. And I think, but
2: you can also love you something Clearly offended the audience. And I'm going to read those texts instead of Jeremy Rutherford after he subtexted you. That's fine. Jeremy Rutherford, an unhappy Jeremy Rutherford, is going to join us in the next segment. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube.
1: We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Mungas Acura. News notes and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor.
2: Welcome back to Balloon Party One Hundred and One ESPN, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura and Toyota. It's ten forty-nine, no, ten fifty now. Damn it, Jeremy Rutherford, not happy with time management. And Jackson starts critiquing Caddyshack. And now the audience isn't happy with any of us. Well, here's my hockey takes. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the program Jeremy Rutherford. Woo!
3: News and notes from a mad Jeremy Rutherford. Yeah, <laughs> mad as a hornet from what I understand. Yeah.
2: Uh, 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 I just can't manage the clock. I just can't manage the clock.
3: Oh, yeah, you can. You know, it's just funny that uh, you do three or four of these a week, and sometimes they do run into the coaches' interviews. So as I was uh, watching the end of practice there, I said, Oh, my gosh, Bruby's going to be talking about the same time I go on with him. And I said, how do I passively, aggressively right. tell Jackson, hey, can we get close to 1045? And then I'm thinking, well, this is no big deal. They won't bring this up on the air or anything like that. And <laughs> Wrong. Then, then I turn her?" A- <laughs> and then I turn on the app and you guys are spelling out my feelings on the air.
2: Yep, yep, yep. 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 Yeah. No, there's no such thing as keep it in the room on this show. No. It's n- it's nobody's fault but anybody else other than ours. Yep. Uh, JR, uh, we, uh, we know you are uh, potentially up against it, and I do want to get your uh, thoughts on a variety of things. Number one, the roster moves over the weekend. Uh, anything stand out to you? Anything surprise you?
3: No, not really. Uh, only that probably a week or so ago, I tweeted that I thought that probably Nathan Walker would get that 13th forward spot. And the reason I said that is because a lot of times if a guy isn't going to play, you use a Nathan Walker type guy in that situation. And uh, Alexandrov can play in Springfield. But Alexandrov does need waivers. And so for a 23-year-old recent draft pick, guy who's got a pretty good future, you can't risk losing him. So he stays. Walker, McEacher, and go on waivers they're going to go to Springfield and then with regard to Callie Rosen we've been calling it for a week or two that it just looked like a numbers game that he would get shoved down to uh, Springfield so I don't think that was a surprise either. Uh, the
2: topic of conversation that, uh, that some Blues fans had at this time last year was the athletics uh, projection of the Blues at 92.2 points uh, coming off of the 109 points in the previous season. And people were really not happy about that. And I recall discussing that with you. And then, of course, as things played out, that wound up being generous based on the way uh, the 2022-2023 seasons. This year, looking at the point projections, 80.2 points projected for the blues and i would imagine this time it might not be as surprising for blues fans but i would imagine hearing that has to be a bit concerning uh and you of course have to offer up your feedback on it and i read that and you said uh, i think about right is the best of the available options with regards to that projection uh your thoughts on the projection of 80.2 points for the blues in the upcoming season
3: Yeah, I remember two years ago, they get the 109 points, and then last year Dom projected them at about 92, like you said. And and so you look at that, and obviously Blues fans were hot about that, and then it winds up uh, early 80s. And now Dom says that he's got them projected for 80 points this year. And I didn't hear the same backlash from Blues fans, obviously, after they witnessed last year, and and the Blues are in a retool here. I looked at those options, and and when they asked us, uh, what do you think about Dom's projection, like I said, I said, You know, it sounds about right. And the reason I say that is it could be 85, it could be 90. Anybody that asks me about the Blues and potentially making the playoffs, I say, hey, look, I think they're right in that third spot, central division slash wild card conversation. But they've got to go out and prove it. And so if you want to say you're better than 80 points, you know, let's see the defense play better. Let's see Bennington make a few more saves than he did last year. Let's see these top nine and all these prove it type guys go out and actually prove it. So I believe they could be an 85, 90-point team but if you're going to tell me that they're 80, I'll believe you until I see differently.
2: One of the things I, I've been reading in advance of the season, um, and I can't recall, you might be able to to tell me where we where this has been discussed. Is the Blues uh, just going? Yeah, we're we're good with with Jordan Binnington, and uh, and then the numbers saying maybe they shouldn't be as comfortable with Jordan Binnington as they are. And I saw you uh, write this morning on the Athletic uh, about uh, the, the Blues and, and the confidence level in in Binnington. Along those lines, what are your thoughts on the way that the goaltending um, is setting up this year? Because last year you, you had a legitimate backup in Grice. I mean, that he was never coming in here to, to challenge Jordan Bennington, whereas Hofer, you know, is, has number one potential. But I don't think anybody's sitting there going, maybe this is the year that he pushes Jordan Bennington. I suppose it would be a great thing if he pushes him by his play and not by Bennington's play. Um, but the Blues' reliance on on Bennington and their and their faith in Bennington, how do you see that at this moment? Just a handful of days away from the start of the new season.
3: Yeah, Tim, I think there's confidence in him. I think what Doug Armstrong said the other day uh, really resonated with me, and I believe it's true. Is that uh, Jordan Bennington? I think last year his numbers weren't great, and you can pin that a lot of it on him, but you have to look at that situation last year. He he said, Doug Armstrong said that, you know, we didn't play defense in front of him, and I think that reflected in Jordan Bennington's numbers. The big talk, uh, obviously, going into this year is the defense. Can they – I have a renaissance. Uh, we've seen in, in practice that they're really packing it in. They're playing as a five-man group. You turn on your TV, you're going to be able to see five guys kind of packed in. They want to push everything to the outside, and I think that's going to be able to help Jordan Bennington and, and his numbers. So, you know, can we see a 9-10, 9-15 10, 10, save percentage out of Jordan Bennington this year after it slipped to eight nineties last year? You know, the Blues aren't going to be a playoff team if it's not 9-10, 9-15. It has to be there. And then in terms of the entire position, you look at Joel Hofer. He comes in a lot of accolades. He won a world junior championship. He, he was part of the world championship team this year with Team Canada. He's got the credentials. Is he a few years off? He could be. The question is this year, can he play twenty twenty five games? Can he push Jordan Bennington? And, I, and and we'll have to wait to find out that answer. Uh, but I think that Jordan Bennington comes in here, we say it every year, refresh, looking to change the narrative about him being a guy who's precipitously dropped off the past couple of years. He's got to have a better defense in front of him, and that's what remains to be seen.
2: Yeah, and that's the focal point going into this season, I would imagine, both for local fans and then NHL observers, is this Blues defense. Uh, How sustainable uh, is a roster, in your opinion, with eight defensemen long-term? JR, do you expect some kind of movement in the absence of any potential injury to that unit? And the alternative is the team concerned about someone on the roster playing through some kind of injury that requires more certain depth just in case.
3: Yeah, it, it's tough to carry eight defensemen throughout the whole season. You can do it for a while, but you're going to need that extra forward or two. You're going to need that competition in practice. You're going to be needing uh, to show a guy, hey, if your level of play isn't up to snuff, we got a guy here that uh, can come in and play for you. And you can call a guy up and do that, but it's just different when there's 14 forwards here. So tough to carry eight, but they have to do that right now because of the contract situations for guys like Pernovich, guys like Tucker, uh, they have uh, uh, waivers that they have to go through, so they're here. That's why Callie Rosen went on waivers, and we'll find out at 1 o'clock today if he's cleared. Uh, and also, Tim, you got to get these guys in the games. I realize, you know, Bortuzzo, elder statesman, you can kind of pop him in there when you want to, but Scott Pernovich, if you want to see his game take off, I think he needs stretches of 10 or 15 games, and basically what they're saying right now, Tim, is that his 5-on-5 play, is not up to snuff, and I don't think they believe they can play Tory Krug and, and, and Scott Prunovich in the same lineup right now. They just want to have that size. They want to be able to come at you. We saw that's what they did with the forward group, who they added this year with Kevin Hayes and those guys. They want to be able to do that a little bit on defense, too. You can't do it with two undersized guys. So I'll be interested in seeing how do you get Scott Prunovich into this lineup.
2: You know, uh, Jackson was at the game on Saturday night, and I, and I know you have a list of questions, unfortunately. We're out of, we're out of time. Is there anything you want to Can I ask one? Of
0: course. Okay, and I want to preface this by saying I've never played one second of ice hockey in my oh, life. Oh, I think everybody knows that. Okay, um, <laughs> and I understand that hockey players—I mean, you could just see it in what about the dental work? Like they're extremely tough. They're missing teeth. It's obviously a very brutal sport. How come they only play ninety seconds at a time? Oh no!
3: <laughs> I think that this is a uh, Jack's. Um, Where's Jamie Rivers? Don't don't the NBA guys do load management and not even play all the games?
0: Right, but when they do, it's like
3: 40 minutes. Oh, they play 40 minutes, yeah. Uh, Well, I would suggest not running into Jamie Rivers in the hallway at the station. (laughs) I'm I'm
0: just generally curious. I just feel like you could go a little longer. Oh, my God. It's not like it's hot out there.
2: I'm just going over to the Air Comfort Service tax line.
0: I mean, you're ice skating. It's not running. I don't know. I just feel like they could play, a, a, the shifts could be a touch longer. That's all I, I was yeah, like, maybe,
3: well, some of the guys try to stretch them out and, uh, and they can't hack it and then they get scored against and get yelled at by the likes of Ken Hitchcock on the bench. So yeah, that's uh, fair. That's yeah, fair. I don't know, maybe we could do a station promo thing where we go out and try to skate a two minute shift and I.
2: Yeah. I,
3: I need yeah, to learn yeah. how to skate first. That'd be a
2: nice little defensive
0: pairing. I don't know how to skate.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, and, and because I missed uh, Craig Berube for this uh, splendid radio station, I can take another question from you, uh, Jack.
2: Um, that was the only, Wait, first, the only all, one until I really can muster. Got, until, until the Celtics open up the season, yeah. that's, that's going to that's lock, <laughs> lock things down here for Jackson's hockey questions. Yeah. But uh, yeah. they are not happy with that question, I can tell you that. I'm just asking generally. <laughs>
0: I mean, like the toughest guys around, they get the gas after a minute. <laughs>
2: Piddles, turn your mic Uh, off now and leave the studio. I've been disappointed before in you, but never to this extent. Man, Piddles, uh, you suck. And the grape ape auto detailing says, I can't believe I was nice to you, Piddles. So just like that, all the equity built up.
0: uh, Listen, I'm going to be watching more hockey this year. I just want to be cleared up on some things. Okay, all right, there it
3: is. Sorry, I couldn't answer. But now when Craig Bruby says, hey, why'd you miss the press conference? I got to say, because I was telling Jackson, you know, why guys are going a minute and a half.
0: Well, maybe you could ask. I'm like, can we extend these yeah, shifts? Why don't you
2: ask, ask Ruby <laughs> if they can extend shifts? Stretch it out a little yeah. bit. <laughs> See how that goes for you. <laughs> I'll do that now. Thank you, JR. Thanks, right, JR. There he All is, right. Jeremy Rutherford. See ya. It's Jeremy Rutherford fielding questions from Jackson. Not happy with the length of the blue shifts. I'm just That was a little weird. <laughs> time for us to shut it down bk and ferrari are up next for action jackson i'm tim mckernan this has been balloon party driven by mungan s st louis acura and alton toyota on 101 espn and on youtube
1: you've been listening to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn